0: are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is, uh, he's not in, he's pretty busy right now, but this is a bonus episode. Um, Well, normally Out Now is a film podcast where Abe, does, Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. However, uh, this is something a little different. Uh, it's mainly just because it's a single review. No other segments, no other razzle-dazzle on this one. We're just going to talk straight about a movie. Um, But with Abe out, I do have with me from Lenoir Artur, it is Terrence Johnson.
1: Hello, Aaron. Long and, time no speak.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, for this bonus, we're going to be talking American fiction, uh, the uh, new comedy drama that's in uh, select uh, theaters right now, but should be expanding wide uh, throughout December and into the new year. Um, and I wanted to uh, discuss this movie with you because uh, I, I do think it's it's worthy of having more than just uh, some lip service during our out now quickie segment, so I hope we can uh, mm-hmm. have a solid conversation about American fiction. Um, and with all that said, let's just get right to it. Let's play a little bit of the trailer for American Fiction. Any news? Editors. They want a black book. They have one. I'm black and it's my book. Look at what they expect us to write.
1: Would you read an excerpt? Yo, Sharonda, where you be going in a hurry like that? If and you guys to know, I was going to the pharmacy. <laughs> oh, you something's got to give. If they want stereotypes, I'll give them one. What is this? There'd be Dads, rappers, crack, and black, right? Nobody's gonna publish this. Just wanna rub their nose, isn't it? We love it. What? what? It is very, uh... Black. Yes, that's it. I'm happy you said it and not me. <laughs> I wrote it. It's a joke. People wanna love you, monk. You should let them love all of you.
0: All right, that should have been some of the trailer for American fiction. The winner of the People's Choice Award at TIFF and based on the novel Erasure. By Percival Everett, this is the feature directorial debut of writer-director Cord Jefferson, who casts Jeffrey Wright as Thelonious, Monk, Ellison, a novelist and professor whose books don't sell. Frustrated with the success seen by an author seemingly cashing in on a more stereotypical black book, Monk sarcastically writes his own outlandish novel, only for it to be published and receive widespread acclaim. As he finds himself dealing with this new secret persona he's created, Monk is also dealing with various family issues that bring him, his siblings, and his mother together for an additional dose of family drama. Will this man be able to balance these various factors of his life and maybe enlighten some of the white folk in the process? Terrence, you saw this film at TIFF, right? Is that correct? I did. And um, so I'm curious. What what did you think of American Fiction?
1: Um, I really liked the movie. Um, I think that it is very smartly made. It is very funny, which I was thankful for blissfully. And I think that it's extremely well acted. Like I'm sure we'll talk about Jeffrey Wright at length at some point in this, because he is phenomenal. Um, I think that Corey Jefferson equips himself really well. Um, For people who may not know who Corey Jefferson is, if you saw, Watchmen, the HBO Max adaptation of that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He was one of the. I think he wrote the flashback episode, um, which is sort of regarded as one of the high points of that season. I can't remember the name of the episode, but it was it was really really good. The episodes are have all lengthy, involved names, <laughs> so yes, yeah. it's hard to remember all of them exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it the yeah it, but that that one is 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 spectacular. Um, and yeah, he acquits himself really well as a director. I think that the satire of this movie is very good. I do think that as the movie, as the personal life of the character gets more dramatic, the movie buckles, doesn't break, but it buckles. And so it like, is like building to me, it didn't build towards all of what it tried to talk about. But at the same time, I was still willing to go on the ride. There were, there's like a couple of things. Are we getting into spoiler territory? Or are we just trying to be high? I would say we can,
0: but I would wait, I would hold off on spoilers yes. later
1: on. We'll, we'll get a, a little more specific, but like, um, yeah, I think that the movie, it, it goes some places. And even, even as it's buckling, it's still good getting there. Mm-hmm. Which I I think is is the quality of a good movie. So I, yeah, I I enjoyed it a lot. What about you?
0: Yeah, no, I was a big fan. Um, I, I think on the uh, just on the surface of it, I think this is just a successful comedy with mm-hmm. you know a good amount of drama. I think it's a very entertaining, crowd pleasing film for an adult audience. You know the the you know the the content of it is, you know, language. Like there's not much of a barrier as far as like what audience should be seeing this movie, but it's certainly addressing like adult themes involving, you know, race in America and mm-hmm. the way we look at certain kinds of success or how we value the stories that are brought, you know, uh, pumped up in certain, by certain audiences or what have you. Like that stuff is, you know, it's very relevant. Obviously it's not, it's nothing new necessarily. This book, the book it's based on it's from 2001. Um, but like Ooh. just on the you know from the from just the the concept of this thing alone i think it it's just very entertaining what i really like about this movie uh beyond like the performances and the work done from various aspects on a filmmaking level is that the that concept that you can you know sum up for this movie a guy writes a you know a black novel sarcastically gets popular i like that that's like not really the main plot of this movie it's it's a very, it's a it's a large it's a large aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But I really enjoy that there's this family drama going on with Jeffrey Wright's character. And what's clever about that is, in the midst of him having issues with a stereotypical black book that's taken place, he's involved in his own story involving himself as being a part of a black family. Where if this movie was tweaked differently, if this was like a type, this was a Tyler Perry movie, that mm-hmm. drama that's taking place would be unfolding like melodrama and be way over the top and everything it would, be, yep. it would be it would be everything that's in the books that they're actually commenting on and instead you have this kind of maturely so- told story about a family and the drama that they're going through on um, and on the side of that you have jeffrey Wright dealing with this whole i wrote a book and i have to pretend to be this other author kind of guy like that stuff so it's like and i think that's what i, th- I think that's part of what you're referring to by when you say the movie can kind of buckle because yes that's a lot of that's that can be a lot to take on as far as how to do something that's, you know, satirical and, you know high concept and fun and also have this other element that's going on that's more serious and has to balance another number, number of other characters. That's a lot for a film to kind of handle. And is this the absolute best possible version of that story? I'm not one to say, but yes, I can see that there, you know it's not a perfect movie, and that's not in you know, my expectations ever for perfect anyway. But I think the film does know how to balance it well enough where I'm just constantly intrigued by both what's happening with the, the book storyline as well as the family storyline. And mm-hmm. I really like how comfortable I felt being in that, in that family storyline because I like these characters. I like these people that we introduced to. We have Jeffrey Wright, but we also have Tracy Ellis Ross as a sister. We have Sterling K. Brown and his brother. We have uh, the great Leslie Uggams as his mother. Um, You have living singles, Erica Alexander coming into this thing as like a love interest, which is like, wow, that's nice to see her. Great to
1: see her. Yes.
0: Who's been since nominated for an Independent Spirit Award. So it's there's just a lot of good casting here. And that's just like the family side of things. You still you also have John Ortiz as his uh, publisher, who's very funny, I think, in this film. And uh, Issa Rae as the um, the author of the other black book that gets super popular. um, And we get more from her character eventually as well. So I mean there's just a lot of great elements here that I really responded to and it makes it it makes it a film where I I'm happy that it has like you know issues to address or what have you or it has you know a satirical side to get into and things to think about but it also just works as like a crowd pleasing comedy like there's just yeah there's there's a lot to just enjoy on the on a on a even a basic level which I think would be hard to like walk away and not think about anything else but there's a lot of laughs to be had in here Yeah
1: watching Jeffrey pretend to be the caricature author he created uh uh-huh. is one of the funniest things I've seen in a movie this okay. year. Okay. <laughs> just, just like the particularly the meeting he has with Adam Brody's character mm. is top tier like comedic acting. It's really, really fun to see a dramatic star like like Jeffrey Wright and, and, and obviously, um, you know, Andre Brower just recently passed. Um, and it's like, you, you, I, look at, I looked at both of those as like really serious actors, but like there is something to having somebody who you think is really serious act in a comedy and what they can bring to it. And Jeffrey really brings something great to this movie.
0: I entirely agree. I think Jeffrey Wright's a great actor. I don't think that's a minority opinion by any means. But oh, like, I mean,
1: yeah, he got a an Emmy and a Tony.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'd love to see him get an Oscar nomination for this. I think he's very talented. But yes, it's it's great to see him. He's not. It's not even like he's cutting cutting loose here. It's just more they're taking someone that has a who has a certain kind of you know a uh, a very erudite way about him because he's a mm-hmm. professor and he wants to write serious books and what have you. And he has to twist that in order to, you know, get get on this get on this other side and appease certain kinds of uh, personas that he's very aware of, and that's just an, it's inherently funny to watch. Uh, it's it to see him figure out ways to bend his own his own way of handling things or yeah. what what he sees opposite him and turn and you know use that himself. That's a lot of fun to watch, and at the same time. He's dealing with all the stuff of his family, and the chemistry between him and everybody else is great. I think him and Tracy Ellis Ross or Sterling Sterling K. Brown, I think, are they're really wonderful. And obviously, him and Erica Alexander, who have a lot of time together since she's becomes like a, a love interest for the for the film for him. He, it's just really fun to watch him play, and and, and not just fun, but it's just really. Um, it's really rewarding to see him, you know, have to access so many aspects of what he can do as an actor here, where there's yeah. dramatic elements to play. There's comedic elements to play. There's a romance angle. There's the, there's just a lot of, a lot of areas for him to explore. And it, there's a lot, the other, the other like key thing with him, I like in this is, um, you know, as while the premise could, it could seem outlandish as far as the whole, like, the book part of it it's a very relaxed movie and part of that is part of that allows us to have a lot of scenes where we just watch monk thinking and that's neat i i, I think watching that in film is gen- genuinely pretty interesting uh, when you can watch actors you know thinking on screen just seeing like how seeing their, their watch their mind work as he has to explore what to do in different scenarios, whether it's consider how to portray a fake novelist that he made up, that's this guy that's escaped from prison and all this stuff, or deal with the, the the repercussions of him making certain choices of how to address the people in his in his personal life. There's just a lot of material for him to work with constantly in this movie that I, I think is uh, a nice challenge for him as an actor and really supports the the performance as a whole.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, just it's kind of like he's such an anchor in this in this film, and obviously he has to be because he's the lead, but it's like really interesting to feel like I discover another side of an actor that I've you know been following since the nineties uh-huh. <laughs> you know he's he's got an incredible body of work um so yeah it's interesting and, and there's I think I don't think there's a bad performance in this movie, I agree I Sterling K. Brown's character. Uh-huh. I have such complex feelings about that. It reminded it reminded me a lot of seven psychopaths, Abby Cornish's character in particular, where for I don't people who haven't seen that movie, it's like it's a movie ab- about a writer and it's like making fun of the fact that the female characters aren't really treated well and tend to get ridden off early. So she plays a female character that gets written off early, mm-hmm. and like that, <laughs> it's like that is that is part of the joke. But then you're also kind of like, okay, you've won the joke, but at what cost? Mm-hmm. And I think with Sterling K. Brown's character, I think the movie does a good job of showing us the reason why that character might be that way, right? I think I think that like you mentioned, like the family drama, like there's some really affecting stuff. With his character in the family, and to to note, like his character, he he is uh, Monk's brother.
0: He's gay. Yes. There's there's issues involving their father, who is mm-hmm. who is uh passed. Bef- he's passed, right? He's passed before, yeah, long gone, or long before the film is like started. But like, there's between between all the siblings, I believe there seems to be like various forms of drug, you know, like unresolved tension between that and the yes. And so and th- and that reflects on like how we see them currently.
1: Yeah. It just everybody It's odd to have two characters spinning out. Like Jeffrey Wright's character is spinning out. And not like, oh, he's doing all the drugs and he's on benders and all of this, yada yada. But just, just like he's he's angry a <laughs> lot in this movie. <laughs> yeah, like his and so Ster- Sterling K. Brown's character, it's like, I get the caricature. It just something about it just feels so odd. Like that it's it's not fully settling in as like it's just it's just not fully settling into like the fullness of what that character could be, even as I'm gaining this understanding. You know, it's like his his character, Sterling K. Brown's character is doing a lot of drugs. He's It's making a lot of people, it's just, it's like so over the top, but like over the top in a way that nothing else in this movie is. Even as Jeffrey Wright is pretending to be this thug who went to prison and who's on the run from the law. Right. Everything else feels grounded. And it's like that, just like hyper craziness of his character. It felt a little odd, particularly as that character sort of dealing with, with their sexuality. Like it, I'm probably not describing this the best.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think I hear what you're saying. I, I, I do wonder, like, where I, I, I do because the where there's... does the
1: caricature, you know, like where, where, where is the line between character in the satirical piece that's really heightened, and like this, like, stereotypical, like pushing the stereotype of like the black. Gay ostracized family member, super high.
0: I I mean I do think some of that's in the writing. I do think that there it's it's aware enough of itself where I think certainly K. Rand even like calls that calls that out uh, to a degree, um, and it, and it does speak to what I was saying earlier as far as the film having a having this family drama that I think is you know it 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 holds back from being this more uh, you know heightened version of that but yes you do have a character he is the the most like he is the the most extra of the characters just by nature of the things he's participating in but even then like if there's you know if, if this was like <laughs> here's my reference if this was like Tommy Davidson in the 90s playing this character it'd be wild it'd be like really wild as it stands i still think there's a a sense of dignity that sterling k brown is able to bring to this guy uh, even as he acts out more uh, than his do very res- th- than his very reserved brother yeah. Here's the other here's the other point i'll bring up i do think the because of the structure of this film there without getting into things there there is a a turn that the story takes early on where if there was more of this movie in its earlier section i'd imagine it probably would have fleshed out the siblings as a whole more and you could see a better progression of why sterling k brown's this way as opposed to more being kind of thrown that having that thrown at you more abruptly
1: yeah and it's like just how you're introduced to it and like i said it it makes logical sense Uh uh-huh i'm just talking about like the feeling that i got when watching it was like if this part were not, and you, we can't play make, make-believe the movies, but I was like, if this part were not played by Sterling K. Brown, right, if, if I wasn't already bringing my attachment to the man, the actor, mm-hmm. to the film, I don't know if I wouldn't have been more offended <laughs> by how that character was being portrayed and how that character was acting. Because, like I said, this is a your main character is going on such a heightened, crazy journey, and have, but it's still sort of grounded. Like the the one of the highest forms of praise I can give Court Jefferson about writing and directing this thing is like he's got that the main character's journey on like lock.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Sure, we we are not flying all over the place with that character, even as he's doing more and more ridiculous things. The movie is continually holding us down in a good way, with the exception of when it comes to Sterling Case Brown character. It's like we're a balloon and somebody like let go of the balloon and we're flying all over the air. And then at the last second, somebody grabs us and now we're being held on to. And so that's sort of how I felt with that with that character. So it's like, even though I had a logical understanding of it, it just, like the vibes the vibes are a little off. It's like how you want everybody to be open to the satire and to the funniness, but there's just something about the way that character was carrying on and was being portrayed where it was, just, it was like, it was extreme. Maybe it's because it was like extreme, but in the part of his, our main character, I keep calling him main character because I can't remember the, what is this man's monk. name monk monk it's it's like an extreme in a part of monk's life that's not extreme
0: i mean of the things you're speaking to i mean the, the one that tracks to me is honestly the fact that like if it was not for sterling k brown this might not have worked as well and i think that's a credit to how good sterling k brown is in this movie notably he's been among the he's among the other like critics' nominations and he has an Independence Day awards and whatnot, he's among those as well. He's certainly getting his share of praise. Yeah, in this I'm, performance. I'm, but to
1: me, I'm I'm stuck. I'm speaking strictly.
0: I know. I, I know you are in I, that. I, but, but it's not
1: I, that the performance is so good. More so as like, oh, Sterling K. Brown is playing this character.
0: Okay, fair enough. I hear
1: you. I mean, because I, I think I, I think I, it, you you signed Sterling K. Brown so that when you get to the moving parts, you will feel moved. Mm-hmm. And I was like. Oh. Okay, there, there's there's like a there's like a tangible experience, a tangible grounded experience. Uh-huh. that you know fits with the vibe of like monks regular life. It's just that like a lot of the stuff that comes before that with the character is like it's like heightened to the level of monks fake existence Mm -hmm. and it's like wait a minute like that's that's not vibing with what we're trying to do you know and okay you know we get to see we get to see some beautiful black love in this movie with the exception of his character so it stands out even well not to i i hear you and i I want
0: us to keep moving on so we can kind of get some of the other performances in here um we Talked a lot about Brown. Let's talk about the other sibling because we have Tracy Ellis Ross in here as well. Uh huh. Um, I really like their chemistry. Um, I her, wanted with, her in it more. Yeah, it's it's a. She's not in it as as much as uh as as I would have like, liked. History. Yeah. Is the and I do think that seeing more of that you know it's pure speculation on my part that there's like more of a first act of this movie to like mm-hmm. give us even more of these characters, but I it just speaks to it just speaks to how well I think they're. You can draw these relationships out as far as how these two, how they, how these these siblings kind of connect with each other, and even the mother for that, even a uh, uh, Leslie Uggams for that matter. And I, I do think uh, there, there's a there's a real between these the you know, the three siblings where Wright is this kind of frustrated, angry guy, and Brown has this he's the more out there. Tracy Ellis Ross is the is the warmth uh, between the three of them. She, she's you know has the most heart, it would seem, and it makes, yeah. But she's also able to call their her brothers out on their shit. Yeah, it's 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 a it's really nice to see.
1: Yeah, I I, I liked her a lot, and Leslie Uggams, I think is re- is actually really good. Some of the most um, affecting moments are with her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, I, I like Tracy a lot. I definitely want to see more. I mean, and then and then you have Erica. You know who both of us were very excited to see. I think she is wonderful in the movie. Yeah, um, it, there's the 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 relationship that forms between
0: her and Monk,
1: um, and it starts off messy too.
0: It does start off messy, and it's and it's neat to what I like is that because Monk he's not like an unlikable character, but he's a guy that clearly has flaws, and mm-hmm. no matter no matter how. You know, educated he is, and how much he may feel in the right. Um, it's easy to see when he's going too far to a degree, or if he's saying things the wrong way, or just honestly just being too condescending to other people. And seeing how that bounces off of uh, her character Coraline, um, I think it because she is a a strong character, not just like you know a a very generically written female character. Mm -hmm. there's there's meat to their their arguments their discussions and what's going on and what and why she's in the right to call him out on things that that plays well
1: yeah i like that they got i like that we got complexity there Mm -hmm. and it wasn't just super loving or wasn't just super messy it was you know it felt
0: it felt like adults (laughs) yes (laughs) you know it really did
1: yeah and they have very adult sort of makeups and arguments and and things like that it it like that's that's where i like the realism of their their relationship she's very grounded and and what i think is funny is like obviously a lot of us know her from living single Mm -hmm. extremely gifted comedic actress and because we have that relationship with her we know we know it can get funny but like she doesn't have to play funny yeah um in a way that I found really fascinating.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I entirely agree. We also have a uh, Issa Rae uh, in here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, sorry, Centara golden. Um, and um, the, the, the corner, her character comes later in the film because there, because we know that her character wrote this book. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, what is it called too? It's like where we is. It's it's some like ridiculous name. <laughs> like, oh, I just had it. Where is it?
1: Um, I just remember her reading it and like sinking l- a little bit lower in my seat every word. <laughs> uh, I can't find, it. uh,
0: but yeah, it, it. Oh, we lives in the ghetto. That's what yeah. <laughs> we wees live in the ghetto, um, and the so like um, eventually there has to be like some kind of connection between her and Monk because the, the, you know, mm-hmm. that's why you cast a, a notable actor in the in the part to begin with, and. That's that's one of the highlights of the movie, is seeing a scene like that play out. Um, and I, I, where where are your thoughts as far as far as that's concerned? I yeah, know
1: I mean, I I obviously I love Issa Rae, and I was excited when she popped up on the screen. And, and like I said, every time she read in the beginning of the book, she does a he monk goes to a reading of her of her a book, and it's just like you're just like oh my god. And what I think that character is really fascinating. It, she's like a foil to Monk in a way but not like 100% mm-hmm. and so it creates this really interesting thing like he's obviously they have their sort of big confrontation and, and conversation and it's just interesting to see the perspectives that both of those characters bring to each other because like in a way Monk is right about her but she has not presented anything to us in the story to make like all of those claims stick. So it's like we get to be really murky and a conversation has a lot of nuance and depth, especially given what the characters are 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 doing at that period in the film. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I love I mean, that scene could have gone on for another five minutes. It's probably smart. As a directorial decision to not give us all the resolution that we really needed from that conversation. Um because if I was Monk I would have had some more things to say. Uh <laughs> but it, it was yeah no that that's one of the that's one of the highlights of the movie is that is there sort of scene. And I could see you know as as two as two black men discussing this is like it it was just really interesting to see Monk's journey up until that point. It's like he's writing all of these like super highbrow like Greek mythology adaptations and then he's like oh they only want black trauma and then he like writes this thing and it like takes off and he's like oh I didn't do but like you have her what her book is about you know wees live in the ghetto and just like the clashing of the things so it's like if you didn't have that lived experience but you write it like what what's what's better you know that was that was such a fascinating thing to think about
0: and i think once again comes from having smart characters smart adults talking to each other in a room instead and it it doesn't rely on and the movie does this a couple times honestly like it doesn't it doesn't allow Monk to just basically re-read off monologues that exhibit why he's better than everyone else or why yes. he's right all the time or whatnot. It makes it it makes it messier than that. It makes it murkier than that. It provides counter arguments to what he's saying, um, or provides just a more of a realistic handle on how to approach those situations, both on on both sides of it. So yeah, like that's in particular, it, it it very much does feel like there's a a longer debate that could have gone on, it would have been very enjoyable to watch. But as it stands, yes, it's able to. Yeah, it's able to point out what it needs to point out, but also poke some holes in Monk's own argument, um, which is nice in a movie where. Yeah, because Monk was not saying what I would have said. And that comes down to that That once again goes down to like how well Monk is written, where he's not this perfect guy. You know, he's he's like, he, he, he has his own hangups, and he's not you know, is as articulate as he may be as a writer presenting himself and trying to make the right point in the right way to certain people. It's not, all, it's not as simple
1: as that, um, which uh, you he know, should I mean, have asked her, do you feel like a fraud? <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. I think, I think that's something really, I think what I like that the movie brings up and as a movie, it highlights is like, obviously there's a lot of, tragedy that is there's life that's visited upon these characters right but like the movie's focus is not wallowing you in despair right Mm -hmm. obviously it's a comedy it's a satire so it wants to be uplifting a bit or at least very funny but the characters who are writing these books are centering it around what we would consider like stereotypical black stories
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and so it's like in a way you're getting a movie that's not stereotypical even as they're debating the merits of the stereotypical thing I forgot to mention the have, we we talking about performances having those actors mm-hmm. pop up at, as from Monk's imagination acting out what he's writing yes Keith <laughs>
0: David screaming in the theater um what's great is those scenes are they're meant to be funny but at the same time they're doing really good acting (laughs) yeah they as ridiculous as the storyline that monk has again sarcastically written for them Mm -hmm. the way they're performing it is like well it's not a wonder that like the book that he wrote that is this way yeah i was gonna say you see why people resonated with the book it gets published like I mean, like, it, it, it's but it's like it's a raging success right uh, so you you get yes keith david among um, of, of the two and it's like they, they're putting in the work to like make this ridiculous story have an emotional resonance like that so funny that makes the comedy better for that reason
1: yeah so yeah i think yeah, I that that scene with Issa, ooh, him and Issa Ray is. They're getting down to the nitty gritty, but you know the movie's not going to give you everything that you want.
0: And it speaks um, to like the, the other thing which is smart. Yeah, it is smart, and it speaks to the other thing that's not. You know, it's not something they address, but it's like, there is the money. There is the fact that it's like, look, I mean, the success. <laughs> Uh, It doesn't happen all the time. And if there's there's an opportunity to get paid, like what is, what's our limits? What is our, Mm -hmm. what, what are we, are we sacrificing something because, Hey, we're going to take what we can in a situation where we could definitely use the money. It, it, it's not exactly foggy about those choices, but it still puts that out there as a thought. And it's. uh... Oh
1: yeah. especially because like, you know, he's he's written books so he understands the business of of the business and you know it's he's at a point in his life with what's going on in his life where it's like not only is this like a moral question it's now also a very practical one Mm -hmm. um yeah and his his agent John Ortiz is really funny as his he is as the agent um So, which I yeah, think, it, which I, I'd argue
0: once again, I think comes from it's a ridiculous scenario, but they're tr- they're playing it straight like it's funnier because of that. It's funnier because, oh, yeah. like, because they're they're not, you know, they're not overselling what's happening here. Um, there's an exacerbation taking place with, with John Ortiz as far as trying to comprehend how this happened, but also being like, well, we can make a lot of money. Out of
1: this. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's
0: it,
1: it it becomes well, and he's very realistic Mm-hmm. With him about it. You know, mm-hmm. obviously. He's like, well, you wanted to do this, so here's what's happening. So yeah, I, yeah, I think the, the movie is is really smart. And yeah, it just I almost I almost wanted it to get even crazier. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's, I think this this would be an interesting movie to watch multiple times because it's like sometimes it zigs where you want it to zag. Not that that's a bad thing, it just does. So you're like, oh, like we're going over here and doing this thing. Interesting. Um, so I definitely thought about it a lot after seeing it at TIFF.
0: Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to watching it again. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna be with my grandmother uh, next week and I plan to watch it with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, I think it's that's the other thing. I think it's it, it works really well as a hangout movie, honestly. Like as much as there's a you know a drive in the plot as far as the novel stuff goes. I just I like being with these characters. It's fun oh, to yeah. be around them and watch them either squabble or argue. Or yeah, in that curse. beach house. In that beach house, yeah, that and that it's such a laid back quality. Uh, to like it, it's a it's a nicely shot movie. Like you get to just kind of yeah, you you sit in this kind of it's New England, right? They're like in the uh, New England area, mm-hmm. and you just kind of like it, it you know. In a move again for like having such a you know interesting high concept aspect of it with the with the book plot, a lot of time is really yeah, spent like in this beach house where the family is kind of convened uh, for different reasons, and you just kind of you know you mosey along with them. You walk on the beach, you hang out in the house, you have the conversations or whatnot. Like it, it, it has a relaxed pace that I didn't mind spending time on. So it's a, it's a it's a good watch in that sense where you just you get absorbed into the world of it all.
1: Yeah. It's really
0: good without um detailing exactly what happens. Uh, but as we reach the end of this conversation here, um, did you, what did you, how'd you feel about the ending of the movie?
1: I was going to ask you what decision you felt he made.
0: I honestly, that's part of why I want to get out of a second watch from it to have a more definitive thought on what, I think
1: where I am with that. I don't, I don't mind the murkiness. Mm-hmm of the ending I kind of would have liked a firmer statement like a definitive I think I think this movie could have done with a definitive ending but I don't I don't mind what it was doing with that and sort of presenting us these different options and and you know psyching us out on <laughs> on a particular thing that happened um cuz if it had ended in one particular storyline i think i would have ran out of i would have cussed cord as i was walking out of the theater but yeah i i would have i would have appreciated like a definitive thing happening um but yeah, i don't i, mi- I, I don't mean, mind what it does
0: i yeah i'm in the mind of that i i like that it makes the choice that it does as, as far as a how to go this way i can only speculate that there's perhaps one in mind or multiple in mind that want to say something, but maybe just the, it never felt organic enough to what the story was. And I, but then again, like, I don't, I don't know what would make the most sense as far as how to like wrap this story up beyond what we see, because we given like the satirical nature of the movie itself. Like I like that. It has this kind of, it has a sense of fun with what you do mm-hmm. with all of this in my mind. I have the most cynical ending in place as far as what actually happened. <laughs> just which is you know depressing <laughs> in terms of like what what the resolve is. Um, but the fact that it's able to play with that, I think, is fun. That that it it, it yeah. I it's mean, like my... it's like watching. Here's my here's the loose example I have. It's like watching Sully and Clint Eastwood being like, "What if we showed the plane crash?" <laughs> um, just because it's like, yeah, that's it's it's exciting to watch. It didn't happen, but it's like, hey, he's giving you like this. Big splashy version of like, here's here's what it looks like. Uh, even though, like, we know the story, we know that he lands the plane successfully and it's fine. Uh, I, that, that, I feel like this movie's like, well, yeah, we could go big, we could do that, but uh, whatever. That's all, you know, those other ideas.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, what I think happened is I think that he got up there and said what he needed to say. Okay. And that. It did not go over well in the room. Fair. Um not to the extreme version of that. Mm-hmm. But that, yeah. He kind of hop- and then he hopped in the car and went back home. Um so yeah, like like I said, I don't I don't mind what it, it did. I I think I probably would have loved a definitive statement because I think the movie was making definitive statements up until that point. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense to kinda, you know, seven seven psychopaths is like the perfect example of just like how do you use movie structure and tools within cinema to emphasize the the story you're trying to tell. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it did a good job of that. Okay. I think we've sufficiently
0: talked about American fiction, a movie that we both really Mm -hmm. like. Uh, The film is currently playing in theaters. Um, It'll be expanding on December 22nd and it'll go wider from there, I'm sure. Um, So, with all that in mind, Terrence, when should people see this movie?
1: Go see it in the theater with a crowd as soon as you can um, because it's great. It's a great crowd pleaser. It's really funny.
0: Entirely agree. I think it's a very entertaining movie that'll like have you laughing and have you uh, considering things, and it'll lead to excellent conversation afterwards if you're so yeah. inclined. So there's, I don't, I don't think there's a, a reason to miss American Fiction in theaters right now. Uh, okay, well, well, that said, uh, that's going to do it for this bonus episode of Out Now Thursday Night. Um, you can find this podcast everywhere you can find podcasts. We're on iTunes and all that. We're on all the social medias as well. Follow us in all those places. Um, I am. Uh, I have a personal blog at thecodazeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I write for League of Entertainment and, of Blue, and I'm on Twitter at P 4 Terrence Johnson, where can people find more of you?
1: You can find me at lenoirautor.net. That's L-E-N-O-I-R-A-U-T-E-U-R dot net. And on Twitter at Terrence B. Johnson.
0: Great. Well, Terrence, thank you very much for joining me to discuss American fiction. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And that's going to do it for this episode. So until next time, so long and goodbye.